This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, it's a tale of two techies. Busby bye-bye. Meanwhile in Cryptoland, the FUD has gone, as David Guetta might once have sung. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 221. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights in amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. The unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details on our brand new website at exchangeinvest.com. The headline Kraken up as the US authorities attacked another exchange looked like the apotheosis of the week in crypto, but that was superseded by the DOJ's pre-Thanksgiving actions, where the only conclusion could reasonably be that, to paraphrase the classic David Guetta song, the FUD has gone. $4.3 billion in fines later, and one wonders if the goblin trolls of Binance's cult might even have a pixel of remorse for their endless forefud, which has hampered debate, discussion, and the reasoned analysis of the company and its often somewhat sub-transparent activities. The business, with no case to answer, led by an allegedly peerless Canadian citizen, is now $4.3 billion poorer and CZ, its ex-CEO, with a distinctly un-for-fuddish guilty plea marked on his card. Will the $4.3 billion be fully played, or do we have another naked emperor distributed on a horse? Time will tell, but meanwhile, congratulations to the new Binance CEO, former ADGM boss and senior MAS SDX executive Richard Tang. At least he adds a degree of gravitas to the exchange, which might help ensure it can survive in turbulent times. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day and exchange invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Over in the world of legacy markets, ASX. Finally, it's back to the future, or perhaps just back for the ASX settlement solution. The better part of $300 million down the drain or more, and now a few hundred million more, will mean ASX might have a solution by the end of the decade, albeit the vendor TCS is still working on TMX in Canada, and that seems to be wildly over budget. The ASX is nowadays more renowned for shamelessly cheerleading itself as a tech company, where it's excellence in tech has been increasingly fixed in a T-plus forever settlement window. Now the once trailblazing thing they were going to do with the new kids on the blockchain of digital asset is going to be superseded by the company which also produced the memorably awful Tata Nano microcar. To complete the automotive metaphor, the ambition to deliver a cutting-edge prototype in the supercar mould is now being set up to be the deployment of a rather older solutions architecture. That architecture raises some inelegant postscripts. ASX referenced the TMX installation in their PR that was unveiled in June 2017 and is still pending installation. 
This is, of course, also the same TCS company which totally failed to deliver the MCX trading system this past year. At least I suppose this bit of the project is a mere bagatelle of $125 million Australian for Phase 1, which will be implemented by 2028-29, so probably we don't get a full settlement solution before the end of the decade, in fact. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, ADX, the Abu Dhabi Stock Exchange, they have signed an MOU with the New York Stock Exchange to improve business collaboration, having seen the ICE management team do world-class from over the Abu Dhabi waters in ADGM. ADX first took the network last week. Now they're going for a full-on cooperation over listings and much, much more. In Hong Kong, they're going to lower the stamp duty on stock transfers to 0.1%. Trading is, alas, going to cease at the century-old Calcutta Stock Exchange on November the 28th, following a directive from the Calcutta High Court. That therefore means that our announcement last week that the Calcutta Stock Exchange was going to get a full reboot relaunch next year would appear to have been somewhat premature. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. It was a busy week for results in the parish, and all the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Athex improved markedly, Saudi somewhat slumped, and Teze, the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, tweaked a double-digit gain amongst this week's flurry of results. In new markets, Kenya's Agricultural Commodity Exchange will go live in February 2024. Meanwhile, in deals news, quite busy indeed, all the news was, of course, in Exchange Invest Daily, the London Stock Exchange Group are in optimistic mode with a pledge of a billion dollars of stock buybacks during 2024, while in other deal news, a long-standing discussion may yet be resurrected as a deal at last. Over in Manila, there's talk once again of a PSE-PDEX deal uniting the stock exchange with the bond market. That conversation has been a fixture of Exchange Invest for years years. If you're trying to understand how technology is affecting life and markets, check out my recent book. Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World looks 20 years on from the excitement of the original Fintech bestseller Capital Market Revolution. It's published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday, 6 o'clock London, 1 o'clock New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our most recent guest was absolutely magnificent, Johan Norberg, discussing the capitalist manifesto. It is a must-watch. Go check it out. You can catch it on YouTube. Just search for IPO-vid. Our finance book of the week this week is by the father of financial futures and himself an epic IPO vid guest only a couple of episodes ago in issue 123, Richard Sandor. Richard Sandor, Electronic Trading and Blockchain, yesterday, today and tomorrow, discusses many exciting themes in the world of electronic markets. Perhaps most notably, in 1970, the first widely used electronic trading exchange was established. Richard Sander was the project director and father of 
California Commodity Advisory Research Project, CCARP, which was, alas, a wonderful digital project just 20 years too early for the financial world. Product news this week. Low Bisbee dies in a year. A farewell to the Bloomberg risk-sensitive rate index. Regulatory pressure appears to have killed what is an essential development for the Treasury toolbox in the future. That marks a very murky trough in the interest rate business as a limited regulatory cast seeks to throttle risk transfer from risk-based product. It's a foolish move, but hardly surprising given the gross limitations of many central banks of the past decade or two who retain a Canutian faith in their ability to control interest rates despite all evidence to the contrary. Meanwhile, great news from Australia's competitor futures exchange, FEX. FEX Global have set a December date for listing large-scale generation certificate deliverable environmental futures contracts. The CME, they're looking at launching Euribor short-term interest rate contracts in Q1 2024. Saudi's exchange are introducing single-stock options. And the Philippines, they will be selling tokenized treasury bonds for the first time. From tokenization technology to the move to the cloud, NASDAQ has completed the migration of their third U.S. market to Amazon Web Services. Once again, great metrics for another smooth NASDAQ transition. Speaking of transitions, Cebu Japan have completed their successful technology migration. It's a major difference, I suppose, between Exchange Invest and the media at large. They wish to all too often highlight the tech inadequacies in a bourse, whereas Exchange Invest is delighted to trumpet the success of the great technology that backs up our parish from Nasdaq and elsewhere. Here with the Parish Gazette wishes to salute the departing CTO of SIBO APAC, Michael Aikens, who has for years run the software at ChaiX in Australia and beyond with mellifluous excellence. Not only did he transition the new SIBO Oz with a Rolls-Royce smoothness, now he has completed his last major task before he stands down next year with the migration of SIBO Japan. Absolute excellence and plaudits to Mike and his magnificent team. Some, of course, might just wish to draw parallels with the ASX tech shambles and the excellence around the corner in much more modest Sydney offices. But we would not be so gauche in a week where ASX went retro with the digital asset failure being pushed aside to the legacy tech provider TCS, who are also still working to deliver the TMX market framework six years on, having just endured Bollywood intrigue with the glamorous dance numbers sadly not being present, where TCS finally delivered a very late trading solution to MCX. Oh, did we say that out loud? Finally, this week in technology, TradeWeb, they're going to acquire the technology provider of algorithmic systems, R8Fin. One item of career news this week, the London Stock Exchange Group, they have appointed a new CFO, Michel Anaproche. He's coming from the French multinational advertising and PR conglomerate Publicis Group. And let me end this week by saying it was a joy in big world to be out there in very, very big world, indeed the world's largest landlocked country, no less. I was in Almaty, Kazakhstan last week for the 30th anniversary celebrations of the Kazakhstan Stock Exchange. It was a magnificent event, including a fabulous conference where yours truly was honoured to be the keynote speaker, and I had the joy of chairing an illustrious panel to boot. 
The theme of the conference was the role of exchanges and the transformation of financial markets, a theme, of course, very close to the heart of Exchange Invest and this podcast, and that was duly explored from many angles while we all enjoyed a majestic welcome in that, the world's largest landlocked nation, home to the Baikonur Cosmodrome and a massive exploration industry. Fun fact, Kazakhstan was 18th in terms of daily oil production in the world in 2022, with the energy business constituting over 50% of GDP. Thank you to CEO Alina Aldenbergian of the Kazakhstan Stock Exchange and her terrific team for the invitation to this magnificent event. And on that mysterious and magnificent note from the Caucasus, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Marketplaces the World Over, founder and publisher of Exchange Invest. Join us at exchangeinvest.com. I wish you all a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.